0: It's the Saturday Friends Club!
1: Yay! Yay!
0: Yay. It's, it's it's us again. Hey, was how's it going? It's how, going. How you feeling,
2: Kyle? I pooped, so I feel great. I did too. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Now I feel left out. Mm, you're,
2: you're not need, part of the poo party. You need to you need
0: to take a break. Wow, we are starting. <laughs> we are. I realize we are starting this episode down a, a particular road.
1: It, would is you it? say it's, it's the brown road?
2: Oh, we can always go brown town, bro. <laughs>
0: Definitely a trail. Um. Oh. Hi, <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. We don't always talk about poop, but I guess sometimes we do. I'm Josh. <laughs> Sabrina's also here.
1: Poop is a very healthy and normal function. You know. Yeah. We
0: we as much as it's decried, it is something that we all deal with all the time. Like, it stinks. We understand. It's not really great. But you know what? Let's man up. Poops happen, fart jokes can be funny. <laughs>
2: Oh, no. Fart, <laughs> fart jokes are definitely funny. Yes. Everybody fucking farts, and if you don't fart, you must be an android, and if you're an android, you must be destroyed.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> oh, tell us how you really feel about androids.
2: Yeah, really? Somebody quoted that at me a while ago, and I don't know why it's still in my brain, but there we go. <laughs>
0: Sounds like some really anti Cylon shit you got going on. Ah. <laughs> Um, but yes, uh, welcome back to Saturday Friends Club. Uh, we are a specialized podcast not seen by many on the internet where we talk about nostalgic stuff. And hoop. This is a very infrequent topic on the internet. Most people are not looking it at It should nostalgia. be more frequent. Yeah. It's, it's,
2: at
1: least twice a day. <laughs> it's... Wait, is that too much, twice a day? <laughs> no,
2: actually, that's in the range of healthy to normal. Oh, okay. <laughs> At least once a day is is, is good, yeah. but two is preferred.
0: See, I liked it, like, every three times a week, like, just a, just a nostalgia unload. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're still
0: talking about nostalgia, right?
2: Oh, totally, yeah. totally, yeah, 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 nostalgia, twice a day, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Come God, on. we're the worst. Why are we doing this show? <laughs> also, I should warn: it's the third show, so we're 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 a little bit loopy after two hours of sitting in a radio station.
1: Let's get ready to talk about a TV show slash movie.
0: Well, wait, why is it a TV show
1: slash movie?
0: Oh, okay, oh okay. I see you're you're covering like a broad topic.
1: Yeah, it's like I'm reading a thing.
0: But, like, oh yeah, you're ex- not just making it up. Ex- it's exactly like you're reading a thing. Hi, Sabrina. How are you?
1: Let's get on with it.
0: I know. I'm getting on with it. I'm having a conversation with on you. With how is you? where we're getting? Oh, yeah. Man, I
1: don't. I don't want
0: to talk. You don't. No. You don't. No. Well, you want to talk about us getting married? No. You don't. I
1: definitely don't want to talk.
0: about <laughs> You don't want to think about all the work that we still have to do.
1: I don't want to think about.
0: Being married to me?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, worst case scenario, you guys pull a Beetlejuice, so. What,
0: well, just immediately just
2: drive off that bridge? Yeah, well, oh after you finally get your perfect home, you're married, you, you get everything unpacked and all set up. You go for that nice country drive and that damn dog. Oh God, <laughs> damn that dog.
0: <laughs> he could have saved them. He really could
2: have.
1: Oh, my God. But
2: who knows? Maybe that dog went to get help. Maybe, maybe no, no. Uh, He
0: was very casual leaving there.
2: Yeah, I wonder. Like it couldn't have been a deep river. It couldn't. No, it wasn't. They
0: they just drowned. I guess they were.
2: I think it just flipped
0: upside down. They were both knocked unconscious. Oh, that's
2: probably exactly what happened. And
0: nobody gave a crap enough to actually go like, "Huh, weird." Bridges busted in a really specific way. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Well. Good that we're talking about other related things by that guy. Yeah, good old
2: Bim Turton. I mean (laughs) Tim Burton.
0: (laughs) Tim Burton movies, you know, they usually follow a specific like style, a specific coda. And today's I'm going to bring to you not only because I have seen it before, and granted I've only seen it like maybe once or twice before, but It seemed the most apt for the tone, since considering that the day that you are likely hearing this, October 6th, Sabrina and I are getting married. Hooray.
2: Ah, Ah. (laughs) Ah,
0: What a mistake she made taking that ring. Yeah, your great bachelor
2: life is over.
1: It's okay. It's only until we die. Yeah. Until death do us part.
0: Yeah, and then Which, you're, then you you're know, done with me.
2: It doesn't have to be, like, mutually. You don't both have
1: to Yeah, die. we don't both have to die. Just you have to die. <laughs> oh, right.
2: <laughs> Wait, my head was turned. You were looking at Kyle, right? I mean, if it'll solve your, your premarital problems, <laughs> I guess. So do you that that's solid. Yeah, head. it's real sad that somebody has to die to solve a marriage problem. It's so bizarre. Look, actually, can I just achieve a few more nothings before I go? <laughs>
0: you know, it actually somebody uh, had a comic, and I kind of agree with it, where it's just like um, all those images of like people getting cake toppers. It's like the bride and the groom's got like a ball and chain around his, uh, you know, or she's dragging like, him, yeah. And essentially it was like a, a collection of all those things. And then just her going to the groom and going like, are you okay? <laughs> this is, you're you're fine. Are, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Because <laughs> there is a lot of that. Like, I mean, it's supposed to be funny, but it's also kind of sad of just like. Oh uh, yeah, we're we're getting in this marriage thing, boy. I'm just getting dragged along, boy. <laughs> can do. I'm too weak-willed to say no.
1: I even shot because you. They have these stupid shoe stickers you can put on your wedding shoes that say like "I do," and I found one that they put on a man's shoe, and it and his says "Help me."
2: <laughs> oh God! Wow!
1: It's like, why would you want that kind of like that kind of light on your wedding? It's just like, okay, I understand you want to be funny, and maybe in the beginning, like for your engagement party, you can make jokes like that. But don't put that kind of shit on, around you on your actual wedding day.
2: It's the last day for you to heed their warning. <laughs> it's yeah. so dumb, though it's
1: like you want to start your your married life on a happy note. And instead, you're making a big joke that the man is being roped into it somehow. And it's always the man, I must say. It's never the woman. They always make, like, a man's forced into
2: marriage. Oh, oh, definitely. That's that's something that's always bothered me, personally. But it also, in my, in my kind of uh, messed up view of it, I still don't think it's right. But it also, uh, it kind of shows in a way that the woman has the power in the marriage because he once he does, says, I do, that's it. He has no more power. It's like, it stupidly empowers women in a way, but in a really awful way that oh, yeah. just doesn't yeah. make any goddamn sense.
0: Or, like, the the other side of it is, like, the help me mentality of it. Also, is just the fact that, like, I can't get with any girl I want. Now I have to be with this one. Yeah, I like, mean,
2: if you want to be polyamist or polygamist... I'd- do you, but <laughs> you you should have thought of that before you you slapped a ring on it,
0: yeah, or you just need to work that out with your
2: significant other or a therapist, yeah you know or do you, is the yes. therapist the significant other I mean, I would never marry a therapist <laughs> <laughs> would you have a
0: would you have a therapist mistress, a th- mistress?
2: Mm, but, no, maybe not me specifically, <laughs> but <laughs> a mister. A, Mister. mister. <laughs> Hello, Mister. Hello, <laughs> Mister. Uh, no, I, 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 I did, I did have an attraction to my last therapist, but uh, that's no, <laughs> no. It's not. It's I, probably I, not good. No, it's yeah. not healthy. at one at all. <laughs> I think it's okay to be attracted to your therapist. I don't think it's okay to try and pursue your therapist. I I know the difference between somebody who's listening to you because you have problems and somebody who's listening to you because they're into you. Also,
0: I I saw the sixth sense. I know where this goes.
2: Mm, I was dead the whole time? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: only interact with red things. Yeah. (laughs) Oh,
1: my God.
0: Um, yes, but uh, in, instead of that, The Corpse Bride is going to be our topic for today. Uh, Sabrina, had you seen The Corpse Bride? Yes. You had? Yes. Even before we started watching it?
1: I we Either I watched it with you or watched it by myself when it first came out. I don't remember.
0: Okay, cool. in
2: theaters when it came out. Oh, you did? I did. I actually, well, like, uh, I've got such an art boner for the style of uh, Tim Burton that, yeah, when I saw that it was coming out, I was like, oh, well. I don't care if it's shit, I have to see it. And I'm not saying that it is, but I just, I would not have cared if it was a shit movie. I still wanted to see it because I love that style.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, it's the similar style of your, you know, your Frankenweenies, your... Um,
1: Frank and Weenie came out after I'm Corpse Bride.
2: Oh, and it actually, before before Corpse Bride, it was a college film that was only about 45 minutes long. Okay. Uh, actually, hey. maybe even shorter than but, that.
0: But I, I'm just trying to say it's similar to Nightmare Before Christmas
2: and yeah, Frank yeah, no, and Weenie that's, that's, the, that's the Tim Burton style. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. he is not just a director, but I believe he's also the artist. He's and, a, And he has a team that does all the other shit for
0: him. And he's a kooky boy.
2: He is a kooky boy. Married to Helena Bonham Carter. He was. Was two, did they divorce?
0: Divorced two years ago, amicably. Oh, mm-hmm. amicably. Okay. Bullshit. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not allowed.
1: I mean, she still shows up in his shit, even though they're not together anymore. I don't they're know.
2: Probably then still at least really good friends. But yeah. can you believe it? she's like as old as she is? No, she is. She is like up there. At, like I think she's like pushing something in her fifties, and she does not look like anywhere near that. At oh, no, yeah, she, she certainly doesn't. She probably never smokes, and she's probably fucking... I'm kidding. <laughs> Goddamn, taking your
0: health supplements and speaking to your Thetans.
2: and <laughs> uh, No, don't tell me she's a Scientologist. No, I, I, just,
0: I just made that up. But I assume everybody in L.A. is.
2: That's fair. It's like
0: Salt Lake City for Mormons, just L.A. is all Scientologists. Mm, that's really sad. <laughs> all right, um, so how about we get down to it? Let's talk about a little bit of marriage. Let's talk about the... The basis of what love is. Marriage! And, and marriage, and let's also talk about the uh, the details of accidentally putting a ring and making a vow on something that looked like a twig, but actually ended up being a bony scale, uh, hand.
2: Oh, so Callista Flockhart's in this.
0: It's time to talk about <laughs> the, the Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride. It's a 2005 British-American stop-motion animated musical fantasy film uh, directed by Mike Johnson and Tim Burton, with a screenplay by John August, Carolyn Thompson, and Pamela Peller, based on characters created by Burton and Carlos Gangrel. Gangrel. (laughs) Gangrel.
1: (laughs) Gangrel. Sorry.
0: Um, the plot is set in a fictional Victorian era village in Europe. Johnny Depp, as we would expect him to be in a Tim Burton movie, uh, leads the cast of the voice of Victor while Helen Bottom Carter, the other person in a Tim Burton film, uh, voices, Emily, the titular bride, uh, the corpse ride is the third stop motion fixture produced by Burton and the first directed by him. The previous two films, the nightmare before Christmas and James and the giant peach were directed by Henry Selick. Uh this is also the first stop-motion picture feature from Burton that was distributed by Warner Brothers it is was dedicated to executive producer Joe ramp who died in a car accident during production also during production of Pixar's movie cars
2: oh that's actually really sad it is I mean it's sad that somebody died it's yeah. sweet that they were dedicated is, is it a
0: horrible thing that I think it's kind of odd that the nature of it was he was working both on a, a thing about cars and death at the same time? And so he died a car death? Yeah.
2: Mm. Tim of, Burton's cursed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God.
0: Whoa. All right. Um, the film was a critical and commercial success and nominated for the 78th Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature but lost to Wallace and Grandma, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit.
2: Well, that's actually not surprising because yeah. that that that's that's uh that's definitely a big British production because Wallace and Gromit's been a thing for forever. So yeah. I
0: mean, but also didn't hurt Bonham Carter because she was also in that film too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, let's see. Wow, they yeah. even have details of what camera it was shot on the Canon EOS one D Mark II digital SLR.
2: Oh, okay
0: rather than the 35 millimeter film cameras used for, by Burton's previous stop-motion film, The Nightmare Before Christmas.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, this is a very pretty film. Um, it also, like I said, you watched it in theaters. I did. Um, so, of course, I haven't seen it in the, in the big screen. Um, but, I mean, it's a very pretty film, and it also... Feels like a dramatic step up from James and the Giant Peach and Nightmare Before Christmas.
2: So I think uh, I could be mistaken, but I think when this movie came out, 2005, right? 2005. Okay. I think that this was still a time when like uh, 3D was like kind of becoming a big deal uh, in movie theaters. And I think that this one was also premiered in 3D. Huh. I'm almost positive I could be wrong because I remember certain elements of this movie and I remember having to wear those shit glasses in the movie. Oh,
0: in the 2003 3D where it's just like, this is awful.
2: Yeah, yeah. But no, this one was actually pretty good. It also felt like those were the only scenes, uh, the only scenes that were done like that were actually CG'd from the stop motion puppetry. But I, I could be wrong. Either way, it was great in theaters. Now, I'm not
0: finding much in the way of uh, of Corpse Bride 3D. I have somebody who made a uh, a 3D Corpse Bride cake on YouTube.
2: No, I mean, there's that. Okay, I could be wrong because, like, I feel like there was a um, there was a stop motion film that I watched probably not too long ago that was definitely done with like the whole IMAX 3D. It it may not have been a Tim Burton film, but I could foresee—I could see this as being something that would have been done that way. If it wasn't, then whatever. Would but have been I, like
0: Kubo and the Strings that was kind of, uh,
2: kind of— Yeah, maybe it was something like that. That's a different studio, but, oh, you know what? No, I'm thinking of Paranorman. There you go. It's not it's not even anywhere near the same kind of people, but it's the same concept. Okay, never mind, so I take it back. But, no, I did see this in theaters, and I did really enjoy it when I watched it.
0: Okay. Uh, let's see, let's go ahead and get down into it. The village of, in, in a village in Victorian England. Victor Van Dort, the son of Nouveau Riche Fish Merchants. And Nouveau, Nouveau- Riche. You know, if you could say these things into the microphone and they'd actually be heard. You know, just saying. I just want to make sure you're okay, that's fine. You, you, would you like to sit over here and read it? You're welcome to, love. It's like all right here. I'll 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 move I'll move this and the microphone closer to us so we can both. There you go. How's that? Cool. All right, neat. They're off to a great start. Yeah, (laughs) this is this is this is going to be a great marriage we have. Since now the screen is even further away, and you know how good I am at actually reading this when it's actually in front of me. I know, but you're just like you're avoiding your microphone, and I thought I might as well just kind of like cuddle up right next to you. Okay. Okay, that's cool. All right. In a village in Victorian England, Victor Van Dort, the son of, what is it again, sweetie? Nouveau Riche. All right. Neat. Uh, <laughs> fish merchants and Victor Evergot, the neglected daughter of snobbish yet impoverished aristocrats, are preparing for their arranged marriage, which will simultaneously raise the social class of Victor's parents and restore the wealth of Victoria's penniless family. Both have concerns about marrying someone they do not know, but upon meeting for the first time, they fall for each other. After the shy Victor ruins the wedding rehearsal by forgetting his vows, he flees and practices his wedding vows in a nearby forest, placing the wedding ring on a nearby uh, uprooted tree root. The root, instead, turns out to be the finger of a murdered woman in a a tattered bridal gown named Emily, who rises from the grave Claiming that she is now Victor's wife. After fainting, Victor wakes up and finds himself spirited away to the land of the dead, not to the actual place and spirited away. Uh, (laughs) That
2: would be different if he was suddenly working at a bathhouse. If Tim Burton and Miyazaki got together, I can only imagine please. That would be
0: amazing. That would be very good.
2: Okay, so goals we have for this year. Get in contact with Doug Jones yeah. and talk to Tim Burton and Miyazaki's team. <laughs> uh,
0: the bewildered Victor learns the story of how Emily was murdered years ago by an unnamed perpetrator on the night of her secret... on Perpetuator. Perpetuator. On the, <laughs> night, <laughs> on the night of her secret elopement. Can Ewopement.
1: I just say... The, can you, you can. The vast contrast between the land of the living and the land of the dead is kind of like turned around.
2: Would you say that the land of the dead oh is much more colorful than the land and of the living? And
1: vibrant and it full of really, life.
2: It <laughs> really, is. I loved that about this yeah. movie, though. Oh, my gosh.
1: Because it's uptight Victorian England, so it kind of makes sense. Because it's like, oh, we're all uptight, and we care about how people perceive us. And then you go down to the land of the living, and it's colorful, it's brighter, the land and of the singing, dead. Yeah, yeah. dancing. They're all colorful. They're just... And they have these great personalities, you know. There's
0: like a Napoleon-style
2: guy that just has a sword in his belly, and then the like what's the what's his name, the the British general with the hole in his chest. That references somebody I keep forgetting about.
1: I, I don't remember. I mean, it's
2: it's just a very iconic like of that of that time, like the uh, the big pointy mustache, yeah. with, like the metal hat with the arrow on it, uh, the 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 thing on. Or that wasn't German, was it? No, that was a British thing too. I think I could swear it was a British thing. Might have been a German thing. I mean, I'm not sure. He had a British
1: accent. I
0: feel like this is all all people from this town, considering the fact that later in the in the film, everybody's like,
2: "Oh yeah, you," which I only had like some qualms with in the at a later point in the story. But I'll get to that later.
0: Um, the uh, the pieces I will say. Let's talk about our main character. Victor is a complete and total pushover, and is is an enormous weenie.
1: Quite. Yes. That that sums it up.
0: Yeah, he's he's pretty boring and uninteresting and just is like ah, ah.
1: Well, he studies butterflies apparently. Oh, that's neat.
2: Entomology. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's the that's yeah. what that is, isn't
1: it?
2: Entomology.
0: Yeah. Entomology. So he So his family is like fish what is that fisher merchants?
2: Fish, fish.
1: merchants, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: and fishmongers. He, yeah, that's, <laughs> well, that doesn't fish. sound as good as fish. Merchant. I know fish, yeah, um, no, no, fishmonger no, but, was what I was going for, but just fish, always fishmonger is properly what that is. But yeah, it, 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 I it, mean, if it, you're selling somebody something, you're a monger. so yeah. if, you're a, if you're selling somebody fish, or if you're selling a lot of fish, it sounds fishmonger. like a slur. Like, it oh, it kind you kind of fucking fishmonger. <laughs> It kind of becomes anything you say in a British accent becomes a slur. <laughs> Come on. I should know. I've got them in my
0: family. Manchester United football team. Oh, goddamn slur. <laughs>
1: um, now you're
2: referencing
0: Euro another... trip again.
2: Yeah, the wonderful uh, Euro trip. Yeah.
0: Rip Euro trip. Sad we lost you. Uh <laughs>
1: That's sad that that is a lost
0: episode. Yeah, accidentally recorded an hour of radio rap. So,
1: <laughs> wait, <Whoops. laughs> are you serious? Uh, that yep, one was. Yeah, I hit
0: the wrong button.
2: Wait, so did that? Did that episode get totally? That lost? is
0: totally lost to time. No way. We're going to have to watch Euro Trip again. Uh good luck with
2: that. Yeah. Never mind. Not yeah. part of the show anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. All I right, believe, I'm gonna have to tell that to Gabe. Yeah, <laughs> he'd love to find that out. I'm sure.
0: Um, let's see. Anything else from this early period we want to talk about? Um, Emily, definitely in this early stage is a lot more menacing looking than she becomes later in the film. Like, when she first yeah. appears, like, she is, like... Seems way more grotesque than she does later in the film, but that th- might also be because of the color scheme.
2: I, I, I was gonna say, I think it has more to do with her deadpan expression for most of it. She definitely seems more ethereal, more ghostly because of like her, her facial expression and like her movement. Would mm-hmm. you
0: say she seemed more cold?
2: Mm, yes, yeah, quite. Ah, because <laughs> she's a corpse.
1: <laughs> Stop it, Joshua. <laughs>
2: All right. Do we need Uh, a water bottle in this uh, this area? Just a spritzer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Bad, Joshua. Uh, Who knows? I might open my mouth and just try and get uh, some water. Ah, like a dog. Anyway, uh, wanting to reunite with Victoria, Victor turns Emily into uh, Victor tricks Emily into taking him back to Land of the Living by pretending he wants to meet he wants her to meet his parents. She agrees to this and takes him to see Elter Guntek, uh, a kindly ruler of the underworld, to return Victor and Emily temporarily to the land of the living. Once back home, Victor asks Emily to wait in the forest while he rushes off to see Victoria and confesses uh, his wish to marry her as soon as possible, to which she gladly returns his feelings. Just as they're about to share a kiss, Emily arrives and sees the two together. Feeling betrayed and hurt, she angrily drags Victor back to the land of the dead. Victoria tells her parents that Victor has been forcibly wed to a dead woman, but no one believes her. With Victor gone and Victoria, parents decide to marry her off against her will to a presumed wealthy newcomer to the town called Lord Barkus Britton, uh, who appeared at the wedding rehearsal. Um, yeah, that That's that.
2: That's that 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 whole that whole part of that plot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm trying
0: to go through the the particular beats of it, and it's like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's,
2: that's, that's... no, no, no. I mean, uh, uh, so actually, the, there's a lot of like interesting character development even in this part of it too. Like because uh, we we get to meet a lot of the other fun characters from the underworld as well as just like we get a a, a couple of well deserved musical bits. I think it being a Tim Burton film, it oh, would yeah. be what it was without some some form rather of musical like number. And yeah. I actually kind of really like the musical numbers they had in
1: this Yeah, movie. I do too.
0: Oh yeah, the the one where they're doing like the dance and they have all the skeletons and everything mm-hmm. and they're doing like these really high contrasts of like red light, green light, blue light, you
2: know, mm-hmm. to, to like, all these again, like again making the underworld more festive than the land of the living. Which yeah. by the way, this was like uh right around Industrial Revolution. So everything was very gray and grim because there were so many factories and it was such a... It was probably the most polluted and foggy that I think that London has ever properly been.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there There is a well-known fog that happened in London that killed, like, a, several thousand people just because it was that polluted. Oh, yeah. yeah. And
2: that's when they started figuring out emissions. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. turns out that when we, like put all the soot in the air and
0: then fill all the waterways with uh with a whole bunch of pollution that stuff goes bad people don't don't deal yeah. with these very well no
2: no the food's all shit and the the crops are all shit and yeah people start dying uh what was it their uh the carriage driver for Victor's parents was this right around the same time he cacked it no uh, no he cacked it later in the film okay okay but but he's got that cough and yeah he's he's smoking his pipe but that's honestly not what killed him yeah <laughs>
0: It's being outside all the time, just yeah. breathing in the you know, what it, what it would akin to be like a wildfire at all times. Yes. Uh, Victor apologizes to Emily for lying to her, and the two reconcile. Shortly after, Victor's recently deceased family coachman mm-hmm. uh, appears in the afterlife and informs Victor of uh, Victoria's impending marriage to Barkus. Uh, he also overhears that in order to validate Victor and Emily's marriage, Victor must repeat his vows in the land of the living and willingly drink the wine of ages a poison thus joining her in death fretting about having lost victoria to another man victor agrees to die for emily all the dead go upstairs to the land of the living to perform the wedding ceremony for victor and emily upon their arrival the town erupts in a, a temporary panic until everyone recognizes their loved ones from the dead and they have a joyous
2: reunion yeah and then everybody's ready for the wedding and that yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the first part where everybody's like, oh, oh, my
0: God. And then just like this one kid's just looking up to this dead guy and just, Grandpa? <laughs> it was so cute, though.
2: It was really. No, I love it when they all get up to the church and like the the priest uh, or whatever is just like shouting at them. Yeah. And, and then one of us is like, keep it down. This is a church after all. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Yes, and uh, let's not
0: forget that the uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember, but the uh, the um, priest was Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Yep.
2: Is he dead? Yes, Christopher Lee is dead. Right. Yes, he's the dead one. Right. right. now, I'm trying to remember who else he who else he was and what's he what he's been in because Christopher sounds-
1: Lee was also in Lord of the Rings as um, Sauron.
2: Oh, oh Lord. Lord Count Dooku. Is, yes, and, yes, and Count Dooku. Yes, yeah. his his yeah, well known is Count Dooku. Before that, he and, played
1: Dracula in a bunch of movies.
2: Yeah, he was also <laughs> Willy Wonka's dad.
1: Oh, really? He was Willy Wonka's dad.
2: In in the the, the new adapt another Tim Burton film, by the way, adaptation of uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He was. Uh, oh, he was,
1: that's right. He was Willy's dad. Okay. Yeah. He was
2: also the first High
0: Counselor in the Golden Compass. All right. That is true. <laughs> There are a lot of things that
2: Christopher Lee has been in, but yes, yeah. so so yeah, that no, that was definitely Christopher Lee. That's right. Uh, let's see. Ah.
0: back to the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see the joyous reunion. Yeah, there was the the I like one of the other points that was good was the like lady hitting the uh, the one guy just he's just go sweetie honey pumpkin and she's just like she looks up to him and go like wait you've been dead for fifteen years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> quite frankly my dear I don't give a <laughs> time yeah. that was really sweet yeah that honestly. was super adorable <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, Um, and yeah so they go to the church and they're like hey we're gonna have a wedding sweet and then Victoria's like oh, hey I'm over here and basically Emily goes like listen okay I can't have you like you're not mine to have yeah um And basically says, like, listen, like, she cares for you. You actually care for her. Like, the reason you're getting married to me is because you can't have her. So that's not a good reason for us to get married. Don't worry about it. Like, this is cool. We'll pass. At that particular point, uh, Barkus shows up and is like, this is an abomination. This is terrible. And Emily goes, you. And Barkus goes, wait a moment. You? You're dead!
2: (laughs) What I find to be so stupid about his character in particular is like, why would he come back to the same town where he's done this before? Well, because he got away with it. Well, yeah, but how did nobody recognize him as as having done this before? Well, hubris. aren't you that guy that was getting married to that lady, and then you were gone? It's the hubris (laughs) of it all. I know, I know. Plot hole for yes. me, well, but... Victor
1: didn't know the story until he was told it by the people in the underworld. Not, that, that, that,
2: not told it sonnet. sung. <laughs> so,
1: may, so maybe she was actually from a different town.
2: She could have been. And, never... and She could have. She could have been on that side of the of the woods when she died. Or yeah. Like, yeah. So okay. So fair point. Fair point.
1: Yeah, but it's kind of hard to tell. The world isn't like super big that they show us. Yes.
0: So let's see. After a quarrel with Barkus and realizing that he was only after her supposed wealth, Victoria follows the procession of dead. Emily notices Victoria and realizes that she is denying Victoria her chance at happiness the same way it was stolen for her. She stops Victor from drinking the poison and reunites him with Victoria. Barkus interrupts them and Emily recognizes him as her former fiance, who is revealed to be the one that murdered her for her dowry. Barkus tries to kidnap Victoria at sword point, but Victor stops him in the two-man duel. The dead townspeople are unable to interfere with the affairs of the living. Emily, uh, let's see, Emily intercedes to save Victor, and Barkus mockingly proposes a toast to Emily, unknowingly drinking a cup of poison. Because I'm going to just drink this cup that's here because it's a dramatic thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, free wine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to drink somebody else's cup. This isn't weird, is it? To um, do, do the dead able to intercede upon Barcus's death, eagerly take retribution against him by dragging him to the underworld uh, where he will atone for his crimes. Victoria, now a widow, is once again able to marry Victor. Emily frees Victor of his vow to marry her, giving the wedding ring back to Victor and her wedding bouquet to Victoria before exiting the church. As she steps into the moonlight, she transforms into hundreds of butterflies as Victor and Victoria look on, wrapped in each other's embrace.
2: Oh.
1: No.
0: It's a sweet film. It just had a dead lady in it. Oh, no.
2: She's all dead. But she's a good dead lady, not a bad dead lady. (laughs) That's The Corpse Bride. It's a good film. No, I actually, I really liked, uh, I liked it when it came out in the theaters. I even liked watching it again. Although I had to do it in crappy 480p because I couldn't find it anywhere else. No, I will say. I tried to steal it. You <laughs> <laughs> monster. I want to steal.
0: <laughs> I will say after watching, um, after watching A Nightmare Before Christmas, I feel like this is a more complete story. Cause nightmare kind of feels like it's all over the place well, in it, the terms of just like, I'm going to do this thing.
2: We're going to try this out. Hey, you want to try this? There are two, Oh, excuse me. There are too many characters trying to do their own thing in nightmare before Christmas. The, but the connection between the main characters in that one is just as is that Sally loves Jack for yeah. sure. And and, and, and Jack is just like, I'm here. Yeah. Jack is oblivious in, in exploring a world of something new and trying to bring that to his world. But this one is none of those things. Um, it, is, it definitely, to me, it just felt kind of like uh, somebody who's, you know, nervous about making a decision and is forced into another one completely on accident, which is essentially the premise of the whole thing. And um, finding himself willing to compromise, honestly. Actually, that was the big thing about that I got from the movie is that it's a lot of it is about compromise and, and doing what you have to or doing what you will do to make things work. I got a huge vibe off of that from this movie. Mm -hmm. So even I mean, I wasn't that young when I watched it 10 years ago, "Mm, 24. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I was 21 because it came out in 2005, right? Yes.
0: Lifetime ago. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, God. I was 21. 21 year old you (laughs) sneaking in a six pack to the theater. Oh, no, I went and bought up a whole bunch of discount liquor from Safeway on my 21st birthday. Didn't tell anybody it was my birthday until I came over with all the beer.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, I didn't want a huge party for some reason. I, I think I feared getting alcohol poisoning. That's why. Oh.
0: It's like very... if I drink
2: one of these, I might die. I almost felt that way. It was a lot of really bad beer. It was on discount, by the way. <laughs> like I said, it was discount liquor. So Yeah, uh, I've
0: definitely had the, like, hey, I'm going to go to the dollar store and pick up some beers. And, man, that never goes well. What dollar store do you go to that mm. they serve dollar beer? <laughs>
2: yeah, I can tell you some 99-cent stores, but you're not going to like what you get. Oh, no, that's fine. I'm probably not actually going to go for it. No, but, uh, um, no this, this movie had a lot of not-dollar-store-beer-related things going for it <laughs> at the time, actually. So I still really enjoyed watching it again. There, there are a few things to do with, I think, some of the pacing um, and some bits that felt maybe like they were kind of rushed. But that didn't mean that it wasn't a solid store. Uh, Let's see
0: some of the little trivia pieces here. The puppets are neither of the industry standards for replaceable heads like the ones from Nightmare Before Christmas or replaceable mouths like the ones in The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, but instead used precision-crafted clockwork heads uh, adjusted by hidden keys. This allowed for unprecedented subtlety, but was apparently even more painstaking uh, than they were already a notoriously arduous animation. One animator even reportedly having recurring nightmares of adjusting his own facial expression in this fashion.
2: So, wait, was were, they, were the faces actually, like, animatronic in a way? Yes, they were like little the- clockwork heads. That's so cool and freaky. <laughs> like, I'm
0: going to change this expression by just, like, changing the cheekbones a little bit.
2: Because uh. they, they, they actually gave it some sort of skeleton to do that with.
0: Um, let's see. Composer Danny Elfman originally wrote of the part of Bojangles looking for another musician to sing it, but after failing to find the voice that fit, director Tim Burton asked Elfman if he could sing it himself. The voice was so brutal on his vocal cords that Elfman was left hoarse uh, whenever he had to voice the character. Huh. <laughs> Uh let's see. The puppets were twenty-five to twenty-eight centimeters, so about nine about ten to eleven inches tall, and some of the sages were so large that animators could actually fit through the set doors with minimal
2: crouching. Huh. <laughs> I actually did not know that. Uh, that actually
0: is per- that's a pretty like fun size
2: there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, for, for for a puppet to be about this tall, and then for the actual set buildings to be much larger than that. It's kind of like uh uh Going over to Kubo and the Two Strings, like in in the end credits, you get to see that giant skeleton uh, puppet being built, and like to scale, it seemed like it was pretty large.
0: Um, and with that, what do you say, (laughs) Fourth Bride, worth it?
2: Definitely, yeah, yeah,
0: just good movie, just (laughs) a Halloween style and. No, it's 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 another one of those Burton-y things. Yep,
2: it definitely it it definitely has the Tim Burton feel that we're all familiar with. So it'll always be good in that it's a Tim Burton film for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's a big weirdo. Yeah, what a weirdo. Yeah,
0: yeah. He he definitely they let him his freak flag fly a little bit too much during Batman during the time <laughs> back in the day, but.
2: Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of difference between the Batman movie and everything else that Tim Burton has made since then or at least been a part of. <laughs> sure um,
0: And let's see with that. I think that takes care of us for this week. Uh, let me just flip quickly back over to here because I need to pull up the names whoop of our uh, lovely people on patreon.
2: y'all patrons on patreon.
0: They are. They are. They are giving us patronage. Ah, uh, let's see. Need to pull up the browser. Browser on this is going a little slow. Ah, uh, see, there was Chuck. There's Radea. There's item crafting. There's. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Phoenician. Phoenician. Phoenician is definitely there. Dan is there. Did I say Chuck? Chuck is definitely there.
2: Ah, uh, always like a good chuck. You do <laughs> a nice, healthy chuck.
0: Uh let's see. Ah, the site's bad. It's being mean. Thank you to Patreon people. <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're kind of having uh, we're kind of like half crashing through the end of this episode. You can find us over at satfriendsclub.com cl- at uh at Sat the Twitter at the at the
2: patreon.com slash
0: sat friends club where we'll continue doing uh more october stuff since we are now until october so we've got a few more weeks we know that we're going to be doing some recording coming up for that and uh we will continue on with more of our Spooktober um episodes coming up soon uh and with that we will take care of you uh having a good week and uh sleep well everyone
2: Bye. bye
0: let's see i'll hit this button seems good